Hey Warriors, and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I do hope you guys had a great week and weekend. Um, ours wasn't too bad, it's gotten cooler, our night's been cooler. Um, <clears throat> however, we still haven't found a house. Uh, we almost had one that we, we were kind of going to go for, and it got taken off the market because someone already leased it. So, that was kind of a bummer. However, we're still looking. we got a few weeks left before we leave. Um, I just wanted to give you a heads up. That week... Of the 29th through the beginning of November and all that, I will not be doing a podcast because we will be moving. And I don't know when we will get our pods to be able to set up everything for this. So it may be two weeks. I don't know. It just depends on all this coming together. So if you guys want to pray for all that, um, it would be really appreciated. Uh, I know that current stuff in current life right now, you know, we've seen what's going on in Israel and... Um, Palestine and we got to pray for Israel um, I, uh, it's just something to keep an eye on to watch for uh, biblically speaking we know that there is a hate between the two and we know that a lot of Palestine any you know Islamic teachings and stuff like that that are in that side c uh, come from Abraham's choice of sin he took on his wife's maidservant not trusting in God and faith which is kind of interesting and had a child and this is that war between two nations almost that have spurred because of a choice so it's something we need to pray for what's going on there and we know God's in control and we just keep our eyes open and watch so anyway this week we're going to be talking about basically Matthew 5.10, which is about being persecuted. You know, it states that blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now we understand that righteousness is basically living, biblically speaking. But what does persecuted mean? A lot of times our first thoughts are instinctively like the worst scenario. You know, we think of death being stoned, you know, executed. You know, we think of the worst, but persecuted is in Greek. And I'm going to probably butcher this a little bit. I, I had it repeated over again to try to hear it, but it is dioko, which means to run after, to catch, or even run them off, to mistreat harass, cause trouble, cause suffering. So we can see that, but it, and, and we can understand that. And then, however, in some cases, we have seen, like Stephen in Scripture and Acts, being killed. And in other cases, imprisoned. And we've heard stories. We know, like, there's the Book of the Martyrs. There's, you know, missionary stories in these other countries where people have, you know, pastors and stuff that have been imprisoned for standing up for truth, for speaking truth, for being a pastor, for being Christians. And in today, we know, like, in countries like in China and Russia and North Korea and even, even like, in Australia and um New Zealand, there can be situations because of the control that some countries have over people where persecution might be different there than it would be in the U.S. because we still have a form of freedom. However, we're losing it as time goes, but it's not the same persecutions, I would say. 
So when I was like going through my mind, you know, the people that have died for, for Christ, that's great. And I think those who did die, they will be blessed for it in heaven because scripture, you know, tells, tells that, you know, the faithfulness that they had to the end, you know, they will be blessed in heaven for that. And that is great. And I am glad that those people will be blessed. However, the question that kept coming through my mind is there is a difference to me when I hear people say how they long to to die for Christ when in my mind is that our purpose because I know like Paul states in Acts 2 21 13 he says then Paul answered what are you doing weeping and breaking my heart for I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, the thing is that <clears throat> we have to get in our heads. There's a difference between the idea of romancing the idea of dying for Christ and understanding what Paul's meaning. It's, 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 are you willing? It's not saying that's our goal. Because personally, there is a goal for each and every one of us here. And yes, should we long to be with Christ? Absolutely. And if people you know, long to die for Christ, you know, good for them. But our duty is not to die for Christ, but is to die into Christ. Because remember, our sin nature or the sin, we ask for forgiveness because that sin leads to death. And that's what mostly what scripture teaches when it's talking about dying to Christ or being dead to the body or the flesh. It's not talking about literally you dying to be, you know, to seek out Christ. It's talking about removing that sin, asking forgiveness, you know, repenting, changing your mind, changing your perspective and putting it all on Christ because you're trying to put away the old self so that the new self can come out. You know, Jesus was very clear that we were supposed to make disciples. We're supposed to teach the gospel. We're supposed to tell people about sin. We're supposed to be that salt and light to this world. Because they're going to be watching us. They're going to be seeing it, how we act, how we talk, how we treat other people. And that is why there's a lot of like hurt people out there with the so-called religious world of the church, because there is to me a lot of masking where we're more concerned about looking like Christ in appearance versus actually living out our lives like Christ. So instead of seeing Jesus in the church and people that go there, they're seeing hypocrites. That's why a lot of times in the past 20, 30 years, that word hypocrite has been such a big word. I hear a lot that a lot of Christians are hypocrites. And the reason is because they live at church like they're walking with the Lord. But in reality, these people get to see them outside of that. And they go, they don't act like how they say they supposedly act. And yet they're telling me that I need to be seeking this Jesus guy. When look at him, he's sleeping with all these women or, 
he's watching all these shows that you know are really explicit um maybe uh he has a like the his mouth is dirty and 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 gross and how he communicates with people he's mean he's angry he's he shows a lot of rage his frustration is thrown out there do you see how he treats his wife how 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 is that living for christ and that's why there is such a negative view in some regards however as according to what matthew's talking about Blessed are the persecuted in of in righteousness of righteousness. So these are people that are walking with the Lord, that are being godly, that are living out their life in Christ-likeness, but they they understand their duty is to be the gospel messenger. Now the question is, are they willing to be in prison and die for it? Yes. Am I? Yes. Do do I want that to happen? No. I'm hoping that I'll be able to teach disciple until I die. Like I, I want to be a disciple maker all the way to the end. You know, my desire is not to be standing in front of the world and having them kill me, you know, to, as I'm preaching the gospel to them. My hope is that I can train up more people so that they are continuing the gospel message because it's, it's, it's going to be, it's needed now. There is a lot of need to re build the concept of teaching disciples because we're we're see, I'm seeing more and more of so-called Christians who don't know their bible at all they live on these phrases and sayings that they have been brought up in like one of the most famous ones you know I hear all the time is that god doesn't put you in any situation you can't handle no, no. The scripture is, no, God will not put you through any form of temptation that you can't handle. And we know in James that you there's not a way to escape from. There is zero promise that we will have no persecutions. There is zero promise that there will be no trials. There's zero promise that there will be anything that would not make our life miserable. We, it, it's, it's going to be a part of it because this world is sinful. It's also because this world doesn't love Jesus. And so we're going to stand out. At least we're supposed to stand out. Not as, hey, look at these Christians are amazing. They could be part of our community because they support a lot of things that we do. No, they're going to be like disliked. However, it's not our purpose to go and fight them. Our, our purpose is to show love of Christ to them. But still be direct and still be, hey, you know... Yeah, I've had dinner with you. However, you know, you're still a sinner and you're still going to go to hell if you don't accept Christ. Like that is the mindset. We can eat and have fellowship, connect with them. However, we have to be careful not to fall into their worldly lust and desires and struggles and make sure that we stay focused on the Lord. That's why sometimes he even does suggest not necessarily to have really close friendships with those that are unsaved because it can pull you down. You could pull, pull you into their way of thinking it's kind of like any of you who have let's see a good example would be if you like say you struggle with like your language you know you're, you cuss a lot but when you're at church and you're with other believers you feel like you're you're held accountable you feel like you're not desiring to be able to use language because you don't hear it but when you're going around with your friends who don't go to church and love using the F-bomb constantly, what have you noticed about yourself? You start getting caught into 
the way they talk because you struggle with it. And so when you're around it, you start talking like them. Because we do, we do have a purpose here, guys. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 states this. This is what was told to the disciples to do. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, nothing in there is telling us that persecution must equal being executed or in prison. However, it does teach us what we're supposed to be doing, whether we go to prison or are executed for our belief. You see, there is a purpose. And being persecuted means that there's going to be times throughout our life that people are not going to like something we said or done or reacted or like our belief structure because what they see is someone who isn't fitting the world mold. They see someone who is telling them that living the life chasing after their desires and wants is not right. That not being able to go have sex with all these women to figure out which type of woman you want is wrong. That going to parties and getting drunk or super high is wrong. That living with your girlfriend is wrong. That lying is wrong and stealing is wrong. But what happens if it helps someone else? It's still wrong. Because the difference between the world and the scriptures is the scriptures have absolutes. The world does not. Because we've seen it over and over and over again. One time the, the culture suddenly, you know, will support this one perspective. And you're like, oh, wow, you know, it's really close to the biblical one. And then suddenly now the world is like against that. And anybody who believes that is the enemy. Gotta hate them. See, this is where I think a lot of the ideology that's kind of getting into the church now is, well, maybe, maybe we need to just adjust the church just enough so that we're not so, you know, so persecuted and more like loved and liked, you know, maybe we could just be attractive to the world and pull them in because then we could tell them about Jesus. See, the problem is that when we start getting into that mindset of trying to kind of fit into the world, which Paul has told us not to, we start looking like the world start acting like the world start teaching like the world we start branding our churches and our pastors and our ministries instead of talking about Jesus dying on the cross and sin separates you from him we want people to feel overly welcomed but not instructed that hey we love you but that way is not right now it's more like we love you come and join us you're welcome 
Because like I've said this even before, aren't we just supposed to love people? Yes, we are supposed to love people. But we're supposed to love God first. It goes right back to the two commandments that Jesus tells the Pharisees when they ask him, what are the most important commandments? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. But he didn't do neighbor for, love your neighbor first so that you can love God. He says, love God first. And the second is like it. He didn't say the second is the same as. He didn't say it is the same thing. He didn't say that, that one, the second one is more with more importance. Love your neighbor as yourself. It says love God. And if you love God, that means you're going to understand who you are. You're going to understand who you are in Christ. And that means you guys hold on to all the absolutes that scripture teaches. It means you got to be able to live your life godly. It means you got to walk the walk. You got to do the word and not just be a hearer of it. You're supposed to live your life in Christ likeness. And when you love God that much, then you're going to look at people with a different set of eyes. Instead of anger and hate towards someone who hurt you, you want to forgive them because you want them to discover what Christ has done. Instead of making war between liberal versus conservative, and I'm talking about the political war battles that go on with like the church and the people and all that that goes on there, you start seeing that those that are not walking with the Lord need to get back in the scriptures. And it goes right, once again, it goes right back to discipling. It goes right back to discipling. Is the church teaching the scriptures correctly or are they just trying to make a brand? That's why one of, like, our model for our church is that as we get going is going to be we don't build brands, we build disciples. Because we have to be so careful that we don't become a brand of a church and it starts being about the brand and not about Jesus. Because then instead of having disciples of Jesus, we have disciples of the church. Disciples of Pastor Dito, disciples of Pastor So and So's in the church, pastors of, as we call it, Echo Life Ministries. And they become fans and supporters. It's kind of like the football thing. You know, I love the Broncos. You know, I have a friend who is part of the Guild who loves the Chiefs. Okay. You know, we, we would wear our jerseys of our team to support our team. And so what starts happening is that people start wearing the church branding. It doesn't matter. I'm not talking like you can't have hats and shirts and stuff like that. I'm just talking about they start wearing the church's branding because it's all about the church and not about the about Jesus. Okay? There's a difference because like I'm hoping to, you know, have shirts that have, you know, Echo Life on it because, you know, I want people to ask questions. Just like I would like I'm hoping to make shirts for this men's the men's podcast. I would love to be able to do that. I just ha I can't do it right now, and I'm hoping wherever we get to go next, that the Lord will just allow us to plant our feet, and things will just start coming together, and things will just kind of grow more to the point where I could see you know, worry within where it's gonna head more, and where Echo Life Church is gonna go to. 
I mean, I'm excited, scared, nervous, and also, you know, can't wait all at the same time because it's going to be really cool. It's going to be amazing for me. You know, it may not be cool for some people because, like, to me, it's going to be amazing. But some people, it's like, well, you're not really, like, you know, your church is small and all that people. Well, it could be all that. And people are probably going to just kind of look at, well, you're just like all the other churches. But for me, you know, seeing God wanting to build something from a lot of the stuff that he's planted in my heart to do, you know, I, I, I want that to spread out. I want it to root out. And this is, this is the goal for every believer is this build true followers of Jesus. And that is what my hope is for echo and what I'm hoping that's happening to you guys. And then those that are starting to realize, Hey, I want this in my area. You're doing the same thing. Not everybody's going to like it. You may be walking in truth. You may be doing what God's asking you to do, but not everybody's going to like it. We will have people who will come by and persecute us, even though we're standing for truth, even though we're trying to do the right thing. And I do believe we will see it quite a bit from our own church members because we have created a church society or culture that has been kind of, I would say, programmed to be a certain way and the idea of creating like brotherhoods and you know my hope is to some like at some point with echo to have a women's ministry with the same concepts though a a sisterhood of believers who are praying together studying together fellowshipping together serving together and then see it see like a blossom grow in having good godly men and good godly women who are leading their families leading their churches because we understand the value of building good discipleship with people instead of just everybody coming to church and hearing someone speak that's good to be you know it's good to hear preaching but if there's nothing going on outside of sunday the excitement of sunday and, and the branding of sunday we're losing something in between after that I praise you no know, or thank God for those and praise those churches that are trying to live that type of life. They're trying to build disciples who are trying to be more than just a Sunday brand. That are trying to, you know, reach out to other believers and, and trying to reach out to the lost and great on you, but it's not everywhere. And it's not every church. We're gonna take a quick break. We continue. One one of my favorite characters who I actually disliked for a long time was Paul. And I know I've mentioned this once before, maybe, but I didn't like Paul because I thought he was too arrogant, too, you know, too in your face, too much. And I'm just like, ah, I don't like Paul. But I, I took a class in my bachelor's degree on the book of Acts. And God really changed my whole outlook about Paul. He's also one of my favorite examples to talk about persecution. Because did Paul uh, face persecution? Quite a bit. And I'm going to have these verses. They will be part of podcast details, but I'm not going to go to them 
but I'm just going to talk about parts of them. I'm just I'm just going to kind of share what's happening in the scenario. So Acts 9:23 to 24, Acts 20:19, Acts 23:12 through 14. As you can tell, these are different parts of the of the book, but the the storyline is Jews plotting to kill him. What I find interesting is that Jews who knew the Old Testament, who knew who Paul was as well, because remember he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees or what was going to be one, like one of the top of the line, like literally would probably be the head of the Pharisees. Like that, that was his standard, who he was and how, how good of a student he was becoming. But yet they would not hear the truth of Jesus. They did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. I mean, there's speculations where some people were probably thinking they were looking for a king to come in, which is most likely what it is based on how they probably interpret their Old Testament to be a literal king who was going to defeat Rome and push them out and occupy Israel and Israel would be a kingdom again because the last things of knowledge that they had were the kings and kingdoms, you know, Israel and Judah. And they both were taken and, and made slaves. And then there was like, I think it was 600 years of silence from the last book of the Bible, the Old Testament until Matthew. So historically, they were they were probably teaching the historical information that they knew from the Old Testament. And whatever happened in those 600 years of enslavement and whatever, you know, whatever came to be to be where they were at now in Rome right that was the perspective paul learned on the day on the road of damascus that was not the whole truth but then the question is what about today are there people in the church who deny who jesus is who deny what we're saying when we're speaking in truth who have basically created their own version of Christianity and their own version of Jesus. And I would say, yeah. And we've created a church culture where pastors are sticking to a normal version of church and ministry, but aren't really teaching the Bible as it should be towards a believer, let alone reaching the lost. I mean, like we've, we went through a cycle of seeker friendly type churches which are it's not based biblically um how we supposed to be as a church but the idea was to you know get people in the seats tell them about jesus and then have hundreds of people look at they're raising their hands to accept christ and then you know these people go up and they do this prayer and then that's it there's, there's no further true discipling maybe a few of them might have gotten it but let's say, you know, 100 people get saved, but only 10 people get the disciple disciplement treatment because there's probably people in the church who understand, hey, we got to not only, you know, see them accept Christ, but how do we kind of, you know, cater to them to, to grow in their faith? Because, yeah, you accept Christ, but now you're a baby in the faith, and so you, you live, like, off milk. So you, you live off of what you're hearing. You're living off on every Sunday services, maybe that one Bible study. But there's no one like walking alongside you 
you know, saying, hey, Rick, you know, you accepted Christ. What are you doing? What, what, what have you been doing at home? Well, you know, I've been kind of reading my Bible, but, you know, I don't really understand most of what I'm reading. Oh, okay. Um, anything else? He goes, well, I, I pray before my meal and I, I try to pray before I go to work. Oh, okay. See, the thing is, you need that discipling. You need someone to go, okay, you know, Rick, hey, you know, what are we, what do you, what do you have questions on? You know, let's, let's have a talk and chat. And it should be any member church. See, the thing is, a lot of times in these seeker-friendly churches, they're very focused on only the pastoral staff can really do any ministering with people. And it's very limited then. And so now the pastor may have five people like asking, oh, this is like pastor's admin, you know, people that are a part of the church that lead and take care of it. They have to deal with, you know, 400 people as a whole while also trying to help like four or five people and you're expecting seven people to do 400 people. Doesn't work, does it? Numbers just don't add up. So instead, we get a lot of problems and persecution starts happening when someone starts pointing that out. Start asking those questions you know, how can we better disciple? Well, you need to go to school first. Or, you know, no, that's just not how we do it here. We don't fit the flow is usually what starts happening. Which Paul didn't fit the flow. You know, all the Jews were like, this is how we've always done it. This is how it's always been. You know, can't be changing things. I mean, even Paul stood up against the disciples because the disciples were starting to push old law ideology when Paul is like, that's not what Jesus did. He didn't tell us to follow the old law and force other people, especially Gentiles, that they must now follow the Jewish law because he basically redesigned it not well i wouldn't say redesigned it but he basically renewed the law with a better understanding of who he like what he did so the things are going to be different so that's why it's interesting that he's getting persecuted by jews when christ brought in this break like changing of the law with the law like it's just it's just a really interesting concept the other time is in acts 13 44 through 51 paul and barnabas were driven out there's going to be times when in our life that we may go through really 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 challenging and hard times we may get pushed out i know it's harder for people that are newer in the faith they have that battle it's probably one of the bigger battles they go through and it can happen. And the thing is we, we strive every day to live out our faith. And it's going to be hard, but that's kind of part of persecution. There may be times where people are not going to get along with you. They're going to want to hear what they want to hear and they're not going to be interested and they will drive you out. They'll push you out. They'll get you out because they don't want you to make any changes, whether it's in the church town you're in groups you're a part of the school you're in job you're at you're going to have those type of persecutions and i have talked about several times where i've been persecuted in other ways you know guys may come in and say what are you looking at looking at porn or they may come in and tell you hey let's go out but we're going to go to this place where there's skank, you know women that are showing everything and you can come with us and be one of the guys or not like you're going to have all sorts of different things but they the idea is they want to drive you out 
They either want to pull you in so that you're part, you're jumping into sin, or they drive you out. And you're going to see that. It's your decision to follow Christ or to jump in with what they're doing. So it does come down to you. Am I willing to stay faithful to the truth or do I have to compromise because I want these guys to like me? Well, then you're, you're like, you're wanting the wrong people to like you. So they're going to pull you in further. Another section is Acts 14, 19 through 20. In Acts 16, 16 to 24, two different situations. One where Paul is nearly stoned to death. Like literally he was stoned. They thought he was dead, but he wasn't. And then Paul also being imprisoned. There may be times that things might get really bad. Then I be you might have you might have prison time. Or it could be just like you're it's just a really, really rough situation where it just feels like there is no way out. Things are just not going the way you were thinking. And man, people are just nailing you left and right. However, just like, you know, Paul being left for dead, he lived. Not every situation is going to lead to you being dead because it's getting hard. And there might be times where you're in prison and then released. And sometimes imprisonment may not be literally going to a prison. Imprisonment could be like feeling like you're at somewhere where it's like no way out. Like it's your job, the church you're at, um, the apartment you're stuck at like we are. But there might be a time where God has you there because there might be certain people he needs you to meet. There might be someone who's about to quit, but because you're still there, even though it's hard for you, you remind them who God is. And they don't quit. Or it could be, as Paul had, a jailer who accepts Christ. It's in Philippians. You see, we don't know why we go through what we go through, but God does. And he's teaching and he's preparing. But sometimes he needs you there because you might start a fire there. You might get things to change. Even though it's still rough for you, it might change other things for other people. People watch you. So be mindful of that. Another one is Acts 19, 23 through 20, or through through. 41, excuse me, Acts 19, 23 through 41. This one's about the worshipers of Artemis who riot against Paul, who's preaching the truth. This is what it's going to be like with the world. We're speaking the truth. The world isn't going to be going, oh, you know what? He's right. We need to change. They're going to stand against us because we do not fit their world their ideology, their reasoning, their humanism. And we become enemies. You've seen that in the U.S. culture. You don't fit the ideals. You become a hater, a racist, an enemy, anti-American, you know, whatever it may be. It, it's, it's already there in some ways. We're not supposed to be like the world. And the world's not going to like us because they're not going to like Jesus. Human nature is not about changing 
to submit to someone else. It's about changing to find yourself, to find your inner self, to make what makes you happy versus what is godly, what is right, what is good, biblically speaking. Remember, we have a lot of people that will say, no, I, I know how to be good. I know how to be a good person. I know how to do the right things. I know how to say, the, you know, say what I'm supposed to say. But it's all, a lot of times it leads into what they believe makes them feel good. And you have people who are fighting for getting rid of drugs, but turn around that are okay to watch babies getting boarded. Something's not right there. There's a, there's a twist of truth, is there not? When loving whoever they want is okay, but being married to one person is weird. When, how are you supposed to know a woman is good for you if you don't live with her and sleep with her? From building a normal relationship with somebody? I mean, I always <laughs> I deal with young people, you know, they, they, they ask that question. And I go, well, when you have a guy friend, do you have to sleep with them to know them? They're like, well, no, no, that's gross. And it's like, well, that's what you're saying about a woman. You, you can't build a relationship with a woman without having to know her body. You know, like a lot of people just don't think about it that way. It's because the, the, the answers are not coming from... The truth is coming from their desires, their lustful desires. And that's that's the difference. So we're going to have battles with the world. We're not going to be liked by the world. We're not going to fit in the world. The world is going to dislike us, hate us, persecute us, fight us, do everything they can to break us. And the enemy loves it. The enemy is going to use that. Because breaking, you know, making schemes to destroy is what the enemy is going to do. So how shall we live then? How are we supposed to live through persecution? First Peter 4, 12 through 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice as so far as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as Christ, as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if righteousness is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Be faithfully walk upright you faithfully do good you faithfully trust that 
as weird and I, I love in verse 12 as though something strange were happening to you even though it may feel strange and awkward and and just does, like why why you know that all the questions of why come through our head we have a faithful creator he will show us what we're supposed to be doing even in the hardest points we're not supposed to respond with anger rage revenge evil doing meddling and trying to do everything possible to change the outcome with the wrong desire like with the wrong actions but we should be involved in things we should be involved in our schools we should be involved in our community we should be involved in politics but not for becoming a nationalist not be <clears throat> not for trying to fight for party issues and not to try to make a difference in the sense that like if if we just got enough christians to vote on this law then it won't happen no we're supposed to fight for the gospel message to be heard so fighting for our freedom to speak is not a bad thing will it always be there probably not but we're not supposed to be like the world and how we deal with things we're supposed to be like christ and how we're supposed to deal with things Because the ungodly and sinners that don't know Jesus, we know where the end is. And we can either be selfish-minded and think, well, I'm going to heaven, so that's all that matters. Or we can tell them about it. Sure, they may not like it, and they may persecute us, they may attack us. But then we have to remember here, you know, 1 Peter 4, 12-19, we have faith in our Creator. There's a reason for some of our sufferings and we should rejoice because when he reveals his glory through it, that little bit of fire, even if, even if it impacts one person because we were willing to stand up for what was right, may change their outcome of their path because they're willing to follow Christ instead of following themselves or staying stuck with the group. They were able to release friendships that weren't helping them walk the walk because they're pulling them down. They got married to their girlfriend because we spoke up about it. They stopped sleeping with other women because they realized that's not, that's what the future of marriage looks like. It's it's the relationship and the, and the love of God first and you honoring women. It's, it's not, I want to live my best life and so I live however I want but I'm a good person because I go to church. That's that's not this that's not right either. You know, Paul talks about how Jesus' grace is sufficient for him because he has this thorn that doesn't go away, even though he's asked over and over and over. But God said no. See, we will have sufferings, we'll have struggles, we'll have things in our life that may never go away until heaven when we're fully sanctified. There is no pain, no suffering, no sin. Living this life here on earth, God has a purpose, a duty for you, and it's to reach other believers to walk with the walk. It's to reach the lost so that they may find out who Christ is so that you can see them become disciples, to see them be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to see them change. Like that is the most beautiful thing to watch is someone 
who didn't know Christ discovers Christ and see the change in them. And it could be because they heard you say something. It could be the way you talk to somebody. It could have been the way you approach the situation that you're struggling with. It could have been how you presented yourself to your boss or to your friends or to people around you because people do watch. And watching speaks louder than the words you say. So you have to watch what you say. I want you to think on that, and I hope this will be something that you can consider as you go through your life this week and the rest of your life, that any persecutions that come, yes, they're going to be hard. Trust me, I know how hard it can get. I haven't had the worst scenario of persecution, but I've been through persecution. And sometimes it feels like you'd rather just give up. Don't. Trust faith in the creator keep doing good stay upright walk the walk grow don't allow the enemy to have the schemes that they have planned on you take a hold of you and pull you away from god let's pray dear my father thank you for this day i ask you move move the men and even the women that might be listening that you would help them to understand that persecutions are going to be there and, and, and we already talked about righteousness and understanding that is walking the walk the way we're supposed to in a holy matter, in a way that is upright and, and, and stands for the truth and, and is willing to stay true to that truth. Holding, standing firm in the truth. And it's going to be hard. There'll be times where it might be blessings and good stuff that come out of it and we get to see it and, and rejoice and be be excited about what you're doing, but then there'll be times where it's going to get hard too. As you help men today to be more trusting in their creator, to have faith in the creator, because you have a plan for them. You have, we have our duty to make disciples and baptize them and, and, and keep teaching them and, and, and keep making more disciples. We, we know that we can, we can do this. However, things can get hard when the world is against us completely. And it just seems like our words are just being muffled, but that's okay. The one that is listening is hearing and they're hearing you because we're willing to keep walking in truth, keep walking in goodness, keep doing what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. I pray that you just move a heart today that is teeter-totting on, on the world and you and, and just have them just give up that world and just focus on you today. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You all have a great week, and I will see you next time. God bless. Thank you.